I walk in with some <laughs> get out I have to meet I have to plug my thing in soon now I'm starting at nine o'clock and you know news is uh, going on still and you know I'm like okay I have to you know calls coming and you know all these things yeah you know? but that was that was a culture also mm. here you know I mean there's there's a lot of competition yeah. everyone was quite competitive to do a, like a great job mm. and then I come with this Oity to oity kind of, you know, <laughs> doing TNL. I'm very popular because everybody loves my hot mixers and you know that kind of thing. <laughs> But you know, what do you expect, man? Yeah, mm. at that age and you know, see the thing at TNL, the culture was always to catapult you. There was something about this place you'd always want to do better. Mm. It was not about the money. The money was shit. <laughs> I don't know about how it is. The money is like freaking shit, yeah. you know. <laughs> But it's that was not it. It was mm. not about that. The 101.7 TNL Rocks era comes with a boatload of memories and stories that I want to explore. Hence, this podcast. This is the TNL Rocks podcast, a branded podcast presented by TNL Radio Network and Paradigm. The one and only TNL Rocks. Welcome to another episode of the TNL Rocks podcast. And along those lines, we have... Tariq, thank you so much for coming in. Lovely, love to be uh, to be back here in this building. Yeah, it's been so long. It is so good to see you, and it's so good to have you in. Um, so again, you've come up before in some of the topics that we've covered with the people before on you know the shows that. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. They still remember me? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and and the show that. Exactly. Yes, you've been in the comments. Oh, so really? yeah, okay. it's again like there. You are here with a reason. You have the you have the stories to tell. So, uh, but before we get to your stories from yeah. TNL, yeah. Um, I can you can we get into how you were introduced to TNL and what that kind of relationship with the station was like before you actually joined and worked here? Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> TNL came into my life when I was not in Sri Lanka. Mm. I was uh, residing in. In Melbourne, and then um, that was from the late '80s up until the late '90s. So somewhere in between, um, and you know, we used to get these newspapers on Mondays. We used to get the Sundays yeah. newspaper, and that's when I started discovering. It was somewhere in the early to mid '90s that you know there were all these this new radio station that had come up, and there was uh, there were all these guys after Lazis and yeah, you know, uh, so many so many names, um, and with that I. Um, Sort of um, got to know about this mixed show called TNL Hot Mix. Okay, and I wanted to know a little bit more about it, and then I actually told one of my friends that I should um, uh, listen to it. And you know, back then in the in the nineties, there was no kind of internet where they could uh, send me a link. Mm-hmm. So I had to get someone to actually record it onto cassette, you know. Uh, and there I reached out to my dad because I knew he would do it. Yeah. <laughs> and we had all the uh, set up at home, you know. You, they were known as hi-fi systems. Yeah. yeah. So I used to tell dad um, when I used to make my IDD call to him at least once a week. <laughs> Don't forget Saturday night, press record and play together. <laughs> yeah. On the cassette deck, and then that's how I got to know about TNL because he. Used to record these whenever he could, right. and I used to get these mixed uh, tapes, which was actually a, a canned radio show mm. called Hot Mix in right. the US, and it was played here. And that's how I got introduced to TNL. Apart from you know reading it on in the, in the newspapers and all that while while residing in in Melbourne, and then 
hearing these mixers that were so spot on and as a DJ you're kind of in awe with that type of technique that level of um, skill that is required to to mix so perfectly and I was like wow Sri Lanka have got some amazing DJs mm. you know that's that's yeah. the first thing I thought of I didn't know about the whole canned thing right okay when I was over there because there was no voiceover it was just a mix yeah no, no there was when, okay when, um, Wendell was voicing it, right, and I okay, think Howard, okay. um, and, and so the mixing was going on, right? And right. the voiceover was there, okay. And that's how I, I was like, wow, this is just amazing skill. This is yeah. this is fantastic. And if ever I go back to Sri Lanka, I was like, I got to join this station, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So and that's uh, that's how I got introduced to TNL initially. Okay, yeah, from from getting the mixed uh, tapes from via my dad <laughs> You're like literally having tapes of tnl flown to yeah to through my my cousin used wow. to work for sri lankan airlines you know cabin crew and all that so she used to bring it up and <laughs> uh to the to the point that i listened to all those tapes and then i'd try to emulate some of those mixers right. at my club gigs okay in, in melbourne and you know listen to them and wow you know get inspired and so it was and and i was in my early 20s so you know you were yeah. like hmm <laughs> this is like cool stuff it's really know? like yeah new and whatever yeah, yeah. That, that that was it was amazing when i just think back i used to like wait for that mixtape and then you know you you'd think like living in australia you're like do you really need something from Sri Lanka? but no mm. I, I was looking forward to that so tnl for me was up there Man. when i lived in uh, melbourne yeah again that's, that's that's so much work that has been put into listening to tnl from abroad yeah. Uh, so then when, when you actually came back, it was the late 90s. And yeah, then, uh, 97 or... All right. And then and that's 90s. when you joined TNL, more or less? Um, yeah, I think it was a, a couple of months, few months after that. I, I was looking for an inroad. Okay. Because I, I hadn't lived here for almost eight plus years. Mm. Uh, the entire time I was out of Sri Lanka. So um, I needed to find an inroad. And mm. then thanks to my friend Tony... Uh, who's a friend of a mutual friend, and then you know he got me this interview with Boss. Okay, uh, I was very grateful, and uh, you know, was, you, you know, at and uh, what was I like um, late twenties by then? Okay, <laughs> um, and I had just landed here, you know, full of energy, you know, looking to get involved in a radio, start DJing, you know, that whole thing. And TNL was that's that's all I wanted mm. to do, just get into TNL. Um, so it was you know really good, and that you know boss gave me the opportunity and and i actually wanted to do the the hot mix thing right yeah you know that was my goal i yeah. I'm, and i'm not like a daytime radio person yeah you know, mm. i can't do that so it's all about mixing music yeah. and playing you know kind of making that whole disco vibe go on mm. um, friday saturday nights that kind of thing so um he gave me an opportunity and okay. you know the rest is history kind of that's that's how i got in here Came in. Yeah, so yeah. what was that what was that show called and what was it like from both just like a perspective of what it's like to do a show, but then secondly, from a technical perspective, uh, what was that like to kind of put that show together? Yeah, so uh, the, the, the show was called Hot Mix. Okay, it was still the Hot Mix. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. and I think um, the canned radio show was always called Hot Mix. Yeah. Uh, but then when uh, I joined and uh, Gihan Pires, he used to go as Iceman. Okay. Um, and there was Dr. J. These, these were the guys whom I very closely worked with because they were all DJs who played the club circuits here in mm -hmm. Colombo. And um, they, they were my close friends at the time. And 
uh, it was with Gihan that I started the hot mix and then we decided to call it Club 101 because it was 101.7. Yeah. Um, the, the, the ID, mm -hmm. the, the frequency. The frequency, yeah. Um, so it was called Club 101, uh, Saturday nights. And uh, that's that was the start of my journey. I came in when it was uh, rebranded as Club 101. Okay. Yeah. So I, I didn't really get into the hot mix thing. Right. But we were playing some of the hot mix pre-mixed okay. CDs also. Right. You know? Okay. Uh, so that's how I came in. Um, but as, as a DJ, I wanted to put my own creativity out there. Yeah. You see? And there was a time that uh, actually Gihan had to leave the country. He went overseas for, for a significantly long period. I think it was about six, three to six months, something okay. like that. And then I was left alone to do this. And it was at that time that I actually spoke to Boss and I said, listen, you know, I, I can pre-mix everything. I can make the show. Yeah. I don't need to use the hot mix mm. CDs or the, 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 yeah, the canned program. You can save money. You don't need to subscribe and bring those in. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I kind of made the whole show for us mm -hmm. uh, in my home studio because I had all the equipment. I had, a, I had the DJ equipment. Okay. And I had a mini disc player. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember all these guys like Wendley, Wendell Howard, uh, Sharon, they were, they were all, uh, you know, a part of the station back then. And they were like wondering, you know, what do you, what do you bring? You bring this little mini disc mm. player with a wire yeah. that then gets hooked onto the uh, mainframe mixer. And that's what I play. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was kind of a new thing mm. because I would do everything and I'd just come there, voiceover. Right. So... For me as a DJ, I, I, I wanted to be technically good and try and do even better than what hot mix mm. CDs would bring. Plus, throw in music that actually works in Sri Lanka. Right. Some of the, let's say, some of the hot mix uh, mixers perhaps were more suited in an international mm. market. And then I was able to throw in a lot of the, uh, the, the format of music was more mainstream as well as it would cover various genres. Right. As opposed to just sticking to hip hop R and B mm. or house or you know something like that, and so it became kind of Sri Lankanized. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's how I I got in. So it was. <laughs> I mean, that was actually you know, before the podcast. There was another interview you had done uh, yeah. with with someone, not going to name who, uh, and, <laughs> uh, and and he brings up the fact that you know he would call in and kind of request all kinds of different kinds of music, mm -hmm. uh, and. And so I wanted, kind of wanted to get into this, this like, what what was that like to be in that space? Because I don't think there was much else in the same vein of those kinds of like locally mixed, locally produced shows along those lines, playing this kind of music. Uh, what was the response like at that time to yes, this phenomenon? Interesting, man. I mean, the, the thing is, so when I came back, I, I had heaps of records. Right. Because uh, that's what we played mm, in the clubs. And then back then there were the Ultimixers, the Funky Mixers, the X-Mixers, the Wicked Mixers, which were all um, these type of remix. Uh, so now you get DJ City and all that, right? Okay. Um, on, on, on the digital platform. Yeah. Um, so back then we had all these special remixes of the regular radio or the album version mm -hmm. taken, remix. So if you take the Brat or... Mark Morrison or, you know, the Fuji's or whatever, there would be the Ultimix version of it. Okay. Right? 
Um, so this was kind of new right. um, because I had a lot of these records. And then I also figured out that Hot Mix were using a lot of those remixes mm. when they were producing their Hot Mixes um, and, uh, and, and when it was a canned program. So right. uh, the thing, the USB here was that I had all these records. So I could kind of still keep the Hot Mix vibe going because I had the, mm-hmm. had the, had the same tunes for it and, all that. and the type of remixes for it. And then in Sri Lanka, there weren't many DJs who had access to all this. I remember by playing on TNL, I used to get so many personal, like, you know, people would call the station or people would find my number. Mm. And thanks to TNL, man, I mean, really, I made a name for myself uh, because of TNL. Really, that's, that's uh, you know, no two words yeah. because I only did a four-hour show. Yeah. And uh, by playing all these mixers, by, by playing out the new, the younger DJs, even some of my, um, the DJs of my age and some who were older than me at the time, they were all like, wow, you know, this is, this is cool because um, it was, the versions were different. Mm. I mean, now hot mix, ultimix, funky mix, X mix, that, that, that era is gone. Right. Now, now you'd okay. rather stick to being creative with an album version mm. and doing your own version of it. Right. As opposed to taking someone else's so remix then, yeah. and hammering uh, it you know. But back then, this was it. Mm. So it catapulted me to this place where, you know, I was exclusive and you can't really get another copy of it unless you buy it. And I was very protective <laughs> of uh, the remixes I had. I, was, I mean, even recently when I was talking to some of the DJs, they were like, you never let your funky mixes go out, you know, <laughs> and they used to beg you to get a, get a, get a copy of it. It was, um, it was fun. And even the guys at the station, like, you know, from Gihan to Doc and everyone. So I was like, yeah, I'll give it to you. Mm. But no giving it to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So uh, from kind of this, obviously, I mean, set that that was like the, the launching pad, so yeah. to speak. And yeah. I mean, since then, you're one of the biggest names and even after leaving you know tnl and all uh, i mean you've still been back for spin-off and all for instance yes you were one yes of the judges yeah, we've had yeah for, for i played um, i judged exactly, some yeah. of the spin-off and i i worked with uh, the team to set out the the ground rules and you know the whole format formula for spin-off we should bring that back i I'm, mean we're uh, looking at yeah, we're looking man, at some options. i mean that's uh, I've got all these ideas for mm. spin-off if it ever comes back. <laughs> all right. But like, what was that? Again, because with this podcast, I'm exploring all these things that I was not here for, right? I either wasn't in the country or wasn't at the company. Uh, so kind of what was that like to, like that spin-off? Because again, on stage has been around for a long time. Yeah. Platforming traditional bands. Yeah. Uh, but what was that like to then, you know, put spin-off together and then work on that and have a new platform for DJs? What was that experience yeah. like? And especially for you as a judge. Yeah. I think uh, Dino uh, was the was the guy whom I worked with, mm. and it, it it was also because of my academy. Okay, uh, I had a DJ school that I set up in two thousand and seven. Okay, um, and uh, so for me, um, I, I I also wanted to do this whole DJ education thing. Right, uh, it's always been a dream, uh, which I then set up in two thousand six, and I did a lot of projects with. Uh, uh, the Goethe Institute, okay. you know, the Franco-German uh, electronic music uh, projects. And yeah, so with that, um, uh, somewhere in 2012 or 13, I th- it was when I was approached and they wanted to set up this thing called Spinoff. And and I personally wanted to always be a part of or try to produce 
a DJ competition. Right. And I was always thinking of, you know, DMC and uh, Red Bull, uh, three style and that, that kind of thing, which is a little beyond, you right. know, you, yeah. you can't just go there all of a sudden. You have to do something that is yeah. localized first. Um, so this was great. And it came with the brand um, on stage. On stage, exactly. So And, and on stage was, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is that is like... It was the thing. Uh, it was the, the time, thing, yeah. you know. And I was uh, very honored to be a part of it. Um, even on stage, because back then, you know, I was just getting drunk and all that at all the on stage. <laughs> but it's not that I was, you know, doing much. Yeah. <laughs> but just, it was cool to be around. Yeah. You know, I remember this one at uh, Rock Cafe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I said all these things to boss also, but yeah. Even if you haven't, it doesn't matter. This is like this podcast, the things that have been told in this podcast, it is fine. We Let's go there. Yeah, man. <laughs> Rock Cafe, the early 2000s. And yeah, it was cool. cool. Alston Cock was there. And mm. I was cocked. <laughs> but yeah, so coming back to um, uh, spin-off. Yeah. And yeah, then it was this whole thing. But it was, I think, in this same room, very same room that we sat down and mapped it out as to how we do the cri- judging, judging criteria, the preliminaries, all this. And I had done other DJ competitions in the past, so mm. I, I kind of knew the mechanics of it, yeah. um, building blocks. And then we set it up. And you know what? Uh, the, f- the first year, I think it was this guy, Rami, who came, who was the winner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then Hiranya, uh, you know, uh, it, it went on for a couple of years, I think three years or two years Something or three years. It, yeah. And we got some good guys. And the guys who won today mm. are doing big things. Both of them. The two that I remember. I can't remember who it was in the third year. But um, really good stuff. And, you know, that's that's the thing. This this platform always brought out super talent. Mm. It did. You know, I mean, from the rocks, rock scene, we know. Yeah. It's all um very very talented people that came to the uh, main stage and so in the in that same light with the djs that you know we 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 picked some good guys good guys and they are and it all speaks for itself they're they're, they're doing big things now yeah and they're very talented you know not just as technically good djs but um good good people Mm. um um good business mind Mm -hmm. everything and that that's that's important man you know, it can't just be either a performance side of things. You can't just yeah. be e- extremely technical mm. and extremely um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be a mix of everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, again, so I mean, we've some of these folks, obviously, really big names and all. So it's very yeah. cool that, again, people were coming up through the. Because again, on stage was that platform for bands and all, but then yes. to have something separate for DJs, it's yeah, very very. I'm cool. I'm I'm pretty sad that we couldn't continue it after about two or three years, mm. and it's time to revisit things like that. I think there's a market. I mean, we we should yeah. look at that. But having said all that, this that that's the thing about TNL. It gave um, life to so many, uh, uh, you, you know, not just RPs, mm. you know. I mean, today we are somebody or building blocks were, were TNL, yeah, you know? Exactly. Um, so, and and if you take, I wasn't here, but in the early 90s, I think it was set up. I've heard so many stories from from those who were on radio um, in in the early 90s. They're all doing pretty well after, yeah. um, I think he was one of the uh, early guys from Wendell, Sharon, to everyone, Tracy, who's still... still Everyone's 
some doing well, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Michelle, she was head of news, I mm-hmm. think, at the time. She, in Australia now, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, cool people. Yeah. yeah I mean, man. I've had the privilege of working with some of them. Yeah. I mean, Wendell was still at Light when I joined, and okay. uh, I've got to work with Ben, who was on the Light yeah, Morning Show, ben, also a yeah, DJ. Yeah, very talented DJ. Also, um, I got to work with him at a different place, uh, yeah. and I've met. And again, they've told me these stories of what all this yes. is like. You know, uh, our history here—it's it, a big part of our um, musical journey or our career paths and all that. You know, I mean, I've worked at other places also, but it's—it's it's this. And never uh, leave. It, mm. This is this is very integral yeah. in my journey, and I know it is the same for everybody else mm-hmm. who have been a part of this place yeah. uh, extensively, like the names I just mentioned. You know, I still have all the stickers, the one hundred one point seven, the round one, and yeah. it's, it's there on my door in my studio. It's it's all <laughs> over, you know. <laughs> and we've seen a few at the Vinyl Cafe as well. I think there was one on, yeah. uh, was it a radio? I forget. There was some, there was a yes. device there, but yeah. yeah. Was, uh, um, I used to try to steal them. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, Rajit behind the camera has <laughs> stolen at least one of yeah, our stickers. I'm, I'm it's not stolen. These, I'm looking for these. So I stole a bumper sticker for Tina now. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know, man. So, I, I mean, it's, it's lovely to have them again, you know? Yeah. And at the time, I didn't like think so much of it. But uh, now when I come across them, I'm st- slowly trying to like take it off, <laughs> put gum again and then, you know, yeah. paste it. So- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, so coming back to like the memories of the time here and the people here, mm. uh, what would you say are some of your best, I'm not going to say best memories, but best stories from the time? Uh, yeah. uh, from your time here. I mean, there was one that we were discussing before we started. Oh, recording. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but so we'll, yeah. We'll, that, but yeah. anything else, either good or bad, but yeah. just like memories that stand yeah. out from. See, the, the time thing here. is, okay, so I mean, a lot of people agree here. When I came back, you know, I had a bit of a. Uh, I, I, I was not easy to get along with. Okay. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so you, you come back you now and you're like, okay, back from Australia, what do you guys know? That mm, kind of thing. Right. Okay. So I was a little. Uh, <laughs> difficult mm. and I, I remember having a lot of uh, issues with people okay. just because it's not their attitude actually it was my attitude <laughs> <laughs> I can say that openly now but you know and and the thing was I came only for a four-hour show mm. or you know I came for that night overnight show so everything else in the station really didn't matter to me okay and you know I, I was in my own zone mm. you know <laughs> and uh, so I would have a lot of, um, like, I would have little arguments uh, that escalated into a bit of a shouting match also. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people had it here, mm. but that was that was a culture also mm. here. You know, I mean, we were, uh, we, we, there's, there's a lot of competition. Yeah. Everyone was quite competitive to do a, like a great job. Mm. Um, in the meantime, one would get in the other's way and, you know, all this uh, tug of war going on and then. I walk in with some, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and like, get out, I have, to meet, I have to plug my thing in soon now. I'm starting at nine o'clock and, you know, news is uh, going on still. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I have to, you know, calls coming and you know, all these things. Yeah. You know? But um, the thing is, because I was not a full timer, I was not involved in all the politics. Mm. But at the same time, I was very involved with everyone okay. because I was quite involved in drama, in theater and all that as my right. girlfriend at the time. Karen, she was uh, very much a part of stage uh, um, uh, Mind Adventures okay. um, with Tracy, Michelle, uh, Pereira. Mm. So I used to do the sound for them. So I was obviously oh, okay. very close with uh, Tracy and Michelle and all that. And then, 
So I was anyway very close with the TNL crew because of my other involvements. Right. Yeah. And um, so that was one side of it. And then I come with this oity to it kind of, you know, <laughs> doing TNL. And I'm very popular because everybody loves my hot mixers and, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> But you know what do you expect, man? Yeah, mm. at that age, and you know you're <laughs> looking for the next best thing, mm. and you know fully hustling, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was like that. But um, it was see the thing at TNL, the culture was always to catapult you. There was something about this place you'd always want to do better. Mm. It was not about the money. The money was shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about how it is <laughs> freaking shit yeah, you know yeah. but it's that was not it it was mm. not about that it, for me it was I wanted to you know and everyone else mm. and the, the good thing is uh, for, for, for guys like us we were DJs you know yeah um, Wendell Howard Iceman Gihan Dr. J me uh, you know all were also doing club gigs right okay well from Cascades to uh, Little Hut to all these uh, library. And we used to work for these uh, event companies or promote um, uh, guys who ran the contracts there. Right. I think so did Boss um, with MKOP. Exactly. Yeah. My kind of place. And Bunty, bless his soul, you know, mm. my guru. Um, uh, they, they they all worked for Boss. So I also worked for Boss in, in a DJ capacity mm. as well. And um, so that was the thing here. As DJs, we felt at home. Hmm. you know that, that kind of space that that, that that space and then you know it, it was the conversation it was you know and we are learning all the time on that other side the hot mix is coming and you know, Rick D's uh, top 20 yeah. coming in and so you're all like you know wow this this the newest uh, those those three four CDs that come weekly mm. right yeah the um, the music updates and all yeah, that come in yeah you know um, so you're looking, oh, this has come, the new Jay-Z, the new hot, um, um, the brat, LL Cool J, this, there, you know. So you're always like fully updated. No, not so much on the internet now, mm -hmm. back yeah. then, you know. So it was this culture, as a DJ, we, we were, we were being fooled by this place. Mm. Okay. Not, not in this premises, Space. it was in, uh, 17th, uh, the tower uh, building. Uh, 17th floor. Yeah. Uh, right. The, yeah. Uh, you know, near Magic Six City? Yes, exactly. That's where we were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so once, uh, I, I also, I, I, I'm going to make you tell this story. Yeah. Because uh, uh, <laughs> you were doing the graveyard shift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that it, it, it's like this, you know. So because I had all the recording facilities, yeah. you know, you get a little complacent and then you're like uh, looking for shortcuts now. Mm. Okay. So <laughs> I used to, I used to have a rotation format as well. Okay. So it's a six week rotation. Mm. Okay. So what I play on the, on the f week one, mm -hmm. I might repeat on week seven. Okay. The same song. <laughs> the or same mix. The same mix. The okay. same freaking mix, man. <laughs> you know, but, but different voice, no? Okay. Right. Voicing. Yeah. 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 So, You're voicing uh, it live. Yeah. Still. Voicing it yeah, live. Yeah. So, but the, the mixers to a point where there were some listeners, I used to, I used to have all these fans. Mm. Hey, didn't you play them? Because those guys were also recording. Right. <laughs> you know? And yeah, I, I remember, didn't you? I don't know. I was just, you know. And uh, <laughs> but I, I used to, I used to repeat the mixer because now I am looking for shortcuts. Mm. Why? Why am I looking for shortcuts? <laughs> so I, a, I can rest. Yeah. Um. And I and I had this whole thing, cigarette break, and mm -hmm. you know, Kotu coming because all uh, Bumblepitiya, no. Yeah. The the, the Kotu from um, 
pillar, uh, no, pillows. Yeah. Right, because that's right up the road yeah, from the power building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, they are everything. And uh, the, uh, the guys who worked here, you know, everyone's on a graveyard, you know, mm. right? Um, so I had this whole thing nicely formulated where I could also go to sleep at about um, 1.30 okay. to 5.30. That was DAT. Right. With my voice. Okay. All done. Because you've mixed that from home <laughs> with that's the voice. at over. home. Uh, thanks to boss yeah. who's helped me set up a, a nice little production studio. Mm. <laughs> I had all the equipment. <laughs> so I used And um, uh, so that's how it. And um, you know what I used to do? Now, there was a time now I'm now living in Sri Lanka. I have very little access to new music. Right. Because the vinyl, I can't get. Mm. Now, now you can. But back then... The subscriptions that I had for Ultimix, Funky Mix and Wicked Mix and all that, which was very Australia-based. Mm. I was still getting them there. I pretended that I'm still living in Australia. But then I got caught out. Okay. So then that that kind of, yeah. you know. But I came to this point where, shit, I don't have these new kind of mixers and all mm. that. And then, I and it was coming to TNL on these CDs. Right. You know. But they weren't the Ultimix family, but at least the new mixers, mm. the, the the new music. The new music comes yeah. in, yeah. And I used to record them. <laughs> I used to record them. So while my DAT is going on on one side, yeah. I'm recording, you know, some new music mm. for myself <laughs> so that I can rotate it and, you know, start playing it on mm. uh, for my radio show. Because I had no access to, like, good new music. Mm. That was that was a big problem. <laughs> so I utilized my time very wisely <laughs> and uh, got all this stuff. Um, slept, mm-hmm. ate well, sometimes put a shot also. <laughs> that was a flask and all. I used to come all prepared. Yeah. The flask would come. Everyone thought it was bloody coffee. <laughs> so, there were times that it, you know, sometimes it was coffee, mm. but most times it wasn't. <laughs> I have to stay up and all, no? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the stories are endless, man. Because no one knew. Exactly, that's the thing. But then I think I got caught out to <laughs> boss himself. <laughs> I think I did. Because I was called in the next day. <laughs> Explained myself, you know. <laughs> I, I said, please. <laughs> but, uh, I know, you know, he didn't sack me or anything. Mm. But it was also kind of time for me to move on. Okay. And, uh, you know. But that journey uh, was amazing, man. I, I'll never forget this, the two, two and a half years, that period. There were ups and downs, not really with boss. Mm. A little bit here and there, you know, everyone has it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, but uh, it, was, it was mainly the ups that I remember. I don't remember a lot of the difficult times. Is the difficult times would have been probably just created by me, <laughs> no one else. <laughs> um, but it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the the fact that you were that that period was only two years, but there's still so many like enduring memories from that. Mm. Kind of tells that. Um, again, even for me, like my memory is garbage, absolute <laughs> garbage. And yet from the close to five years I've been here now, so many just things that stand out in those memories. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, but again, like I figured there's so much more of this from folks who mm. preceded me. Mm. But then obviously, like you said, you know, it was time to move on. Yeah. Um, but you were saying that when it came to setting up your own thing and kind of getting that connection and getting yeah. the equipment as well, there was still a connection. Oh, uh, yeah. Here by a boss. Of course. Because this mic, the e- electro voice to my VS880, to my DAT player, to so many things, he sourced for me. 
He helped okay. me set up. I called it Tariq's Audio Production House because I had this thing, like I wanted to do. Um, Upul was the guy who used to do the production here, yeah. and he had all this equipment. And then I used to kind of figure out how. Ah, okay, this is what it works. This is how it works. And it was these little floppy disks and all mm. that. So I record onto those. Uh, but then it had digitalized a little bit, and this new Roland VS880 that I wanted because you could also do a lot of um, like solo band recordings and all that. Okay. Mm, uh, not band, sorry, like guitar solos okay. and I could record. So I wanted to set up a little production house. I spoke to boss and he kind of told me, you get this, get this, get this, everything. And I set up my studio, thanks to him. And it was, um, that, that was kind of also the reason I uh, moved on from TNL mm -hmm. uh, because time was, uh, you know, I wanted to focus on that. Yeah. And... Um, get into making a lot, did a lot of radio commercials that that's what it okay. was it was just like a production house right um and so i focused on that and then i moved on and uh, yeah started tariq's audio production house but then i was also djing i was doing events mm -hmm. you know I, I i always believed that i needed to have my feet in everything mm. also having the day job option going. exactly yeah because that's completely separate from yeah ev everything in like the music and production world yeah well. man um i i've always wanted it like that i i didn't want to rely solely on uh entertainment djing or the production house as being my bread and butter mm. uh, that was kind of my ethos even when i was in melbourne and um even when i was djing uh overseas uh, it was always, yeah, that's the bonus. That's the extra money. Right. Uh, so even here, so that's how it was. I did all types of things, mm. you know, jugglery also. <laughs> so <laughs> you do know, right? But it was always business related mm. and I'd, you know, get involved in agencies and mm. doing, doing various things. But then, so then you, you're always looking for this side as your release. Mm. Um you know, so you enjoy it more. Exactly. Yeah. and If it's um, your full-time thing, you kind of, it becomes work. Work and, you know, then the deadlines and all that. And mm. I, at an early stage, realized when I came to Sri Lanka that, well, oh, the money was shit anyway. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I probably is still, you know, I mm. don't know. But, I mean, I'm not at TNL, but just overall, yeah. you know, it's a difficult place. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I, I kind of wanted to set myself up where I'd had a, uh, a stable income mm -hmm. source through other means and keep this as just the fun side of, you know, and uh, not be out of pocket, mm. not cost plus loss, yeah. but um, enjoy it, make some money. That's, mm. you know, then it's... Yeah. And yeah, I mean, again, it's, good it's, vibes. That, that has worked out very well in the long term. I mean, you're yeah. still like one of the biggest names when it comes to DJs. You've got the Vinyl Cafe yeah, going and all of yeah. that as well. That was kind of a COVID project, though. I mean, Interesting. Yeah, okay. man. Like, okay, so what's next for you now with regard to So, man, you know what? Uh, so, um, uh, like, um, since uh, on stage, uh, sorry, uh, spin-off spin -off. Uh, ended and, you know, all that. So I've been, uh, like, wanting to do things. And uh, as well as I kind of moved away from the entertainment industry for a while, since I got married in 2013 mm -hmm. and then, you know, uh, kids and all that. Yeah. That side comes, no. Then uh, with that, I uh, was out of the scene for about five, six years. Uh, then, of course, COVID came. Mm. Yeah. 20, 
twenty. Yeah. And that's when um, you know everything was like a bit shaky, and I also needed to do something. I was like, you know, you like itchy. Mm, you get feeling. restless. Totally restless, and uh, at home, and then I, I got hit by COVID very early on. Okay. And um, <laughs> my wife said. No, you go and stay at your Polengoda house. Don't, uh, you know, because kids and mm. all. So, yes, I, I stayed there. And while I was there, you know, I had all these records also here and there. And, you know, they were in boxes. And so I was trying to, like, figure out now what do I do? Half of it is in my apartment. Half of it is in boxes. And that's when I thought, right, I'll use this time. So I started, like, figuring out, okay. I had the school, mm. the academy thing and so i thought okay now let's put this together and that's how the vinyl cafe right, came about right, yeah right. and with the vinyl cafe came my interest in playing out again okay you know like because when everything is set up as opposed to being in boxes and all that mm. so you're like now you know when you have free time you're going um playing some music so i do my little i put my camera on and i'm mixing a little yeah. and you know just it's because I didn't play out. Mm. I, I also wanted people to see what I'm doing. So that's how during the COVID time, I did a lot of those um, uh, video yeah, class things, you know, yeah. yeah, on YouTube and mm. all. Right. Um, then I figured uh, a software called OBS. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and then I started like dabbling with it and I now I know how to work it. Mm. So two, three cameras, I know mm. how to set it up. So there are all these little things, you know, I, I started doing because I had time on my hands. Exactly, also. yeah. And by like starting to play again, um, even though it was only inside a studio, uh, not to audiences, yeah. right? And then I was like, you know, okay, I think I'm confident enough now to go out there again. You mm. see? And that's how it uh, started. And in the last maybe four months, right? I've been playing. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, oh, man. Yeah. I've been playing, like, and I was just telling my friend a little while ago, every week I've, I have a gig till end of December. Damn. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, okay, people still want us. Yeah. You know, the, oh, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, the, that, that it feels good. I mean, mm. why lie? You know, yeah. you, you think, okay, you know, there's a new generation that has come, you know, it's our time's done, mm. you know. Yeah, time is done in, in, in a certain sector, but there are people who still enjoy the kind of music that I would deliver. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, the good thing is, I'm learning from the new generation mm. now. You see, that's, that is, that's because I'm engaged. Right. If I was behind closed doors, I wouldn't be learning from them. And, and the new gen, the, the, the music they bring to the table, the, the way they dig um, in, in a to totally digital world, mm. uh, and... The music, the genres, the, you know, the new names that they come up with for the genres. Yeah. Um, but then you connect it because you know the old. And they are like, oh, okay, so this is this. It's just getting reworked, mm. you know. And, and so the, the connection that you have with Gen Z or the generation before that, that has been like, I've got like a new lease of life mm. in this space. Right. In, in this music DJ space. I kind of because for a long for a while there from since I got married I was kind of out of it right. totally, and I was also second guessing myself. You wonder no, now is is it going to be mm. accepted and who's this old fart coming and trying mm. to you know yeah you think yeah, yeah? so, uh, but it's it's worked out really well and I'm 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 really happy that I got this chance now, 
and I'm going to I'm just going to continue and that's why I was saying to you before also now because I'm playing again and all that is this whole uh, on stage uh, sorry the the the, the, the spin off thing is like in mm, my it's head, in your head. And it's right. like you know and I can like you can connect the dots okay that's happening there this is happening here uh, these uh, technical DJs are coming into the country puffy was here mm. uh, three style guy um you know so you're like kind of connecting the dots you know that if you do this 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 and this done you can yeah i mean we we have been experimenting a bit with a few things on the air over the past okay. few weeks okay so i mean we've been we've been slowly pushing and prodding boss i mean even heck putting the podcast together we've been you know because again with the stories that we're telling and, and all of that has been so who knows you know, fingers yeah. crossed we'll yeah. see what we can do yes uh yes. but man it is it is good to hear that that it's all like kind of revitalized and working yeah, again for you yeah. that's very cool i know man i mean i'm i'm 52 now so you know 50 plus <laughs> so you know you you start thinking okay now is it time to say stop mm. and it this kind of automatically happened for me i didn't mean to come back into playing and doing events and i wasn't having that that wasn't my roadmap right i was very much focused on setting up the vinyl cafe that doesn't have a cafe by the way yeah that's, <laughs> yeah man and like i still get calls because it's on google and all that yeah yeah i'm, I'm, I'm listen i'm looking for the gate where's the cafe where's, you know <laughs> it's actually an education space <laughs> only when we have classes we open yeah oh, so don't you sell vinyl uh, will I will I do when I have vinyl to sell kind of thing, <laughs> but yeah, I have to um, kind of figure out that mm. whole thing. It'll happen organically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have the website and all. Yeah, yeah. That's e- got everything the, is yeah, there. It's all there. It, but uh, you know, I've had difficulties bringing vinyl to sell. Mm. Makes sense. Um, yeah, you know, and then the cost and yeah, I, I just need to f- like figure it out a mm. little. But it's there. Okay. And and I do the classes, the training programs, um, meet with friends, put a drink in the space, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing, you know. And then we have this um, reading nook. It's actually a kid's uh, reading library, which is run by another uh, cousin of mine. So so we have activity there, mm. which is really nice. That's good, yeah. yeah. And, and I love to focus on children. Not just because I have kids. Mm. They also love hanging out there. But... Um, uh, because I, I'm I'm looking at that next generation mm. of creative minds and you know in the music uh, space and kind of space. taking that forward. Yeah, that that's my thing. Mm. I've not figured out everything, but that's what I'm trying. Yeah, to, that's fine. Yeah. You're not have it all figured out. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Tariq, thank you so much. <laughs> thank for you for coming man. in thank and, and like telling these stories. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you were able to take the time and, and join us for this. Anytime. Yeah. I've, I've just. Actually, very touched to when uh, Rajit uh, called me. So it's really nice. It's really nice to be back here. Mm. For some reason, every time I come through the main gates there, there's something, you know. Yeah. Even though this was not the place where I was involved mm. in, I've come here so many times. Then there was a studio down here uh, which went underwater once, I remember. What? So yeah, yeah. There was uh, because this area got flooded and all that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I used to come here a lot. Uh, it's just, you know, it's nice to be back here, man. Not only for this, but just back in this building mm-hmm. is, you know, a big part of my life, TNL. But yeah. yeah. All right, so there you go. Another episode of the TNL Rocks podcast. Tariq, once again, thanks so much for coming Thank by. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Uh, for y'all who are watching or listening primarily, 
Uh, make sure you share with your friends. Tell them about the podcast. If you have comments, people you would like us to try and feature, just leave a comment. I can't make any promises, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, and yeah, just share it. Get it out there because we want more people. The reason of all this is to tell those stories. More people know these stories. So yeah, like, share, subscribe, all that. Smash that like button, all that stuff. Uh, and stick around for more episodes of the TNL Rocks podcast presented by TNL Radio Network and of course, Paradigm. The TNL Rocks Podcast, a branded podcast from TNL Radio Network, produced in partnership with Paradigm and hosted by Sean Hevage. Our executive producer from Paradigm is Zeeshan Akram Jabir. Our executive producer from TNL Radio Network is Sean Hevage. And our show producer is Rajit Maligaspe, with production assistance from Randika Victor. <laughs>